welcome to the I Love You Too Much to Argue podcast with your friends, Holly and Beck. Thanks for listening as we discover ways to invest in all our relationships using tools such as the Enneagram, love languages and parenting with love and logic. Here we go. Hi, lovers. Hi, Holly. <laughs> welcome to the I Love You Too Much to Argue podcast. Hi, Beck. Hi. Okay, so we've received a question. And by I, email. By email. Which we love. I love you too much to argue at gmail.com if you want to send some emails to us. Sometimes we like to chat about an email on the podcast where we think it's relevant. And this one I really love. Yep. Um, she's asked a question about one of our episodes that we did a while ago. So if you haven't listened to episode 32, which is on consequences versus punishment, um, I think that was what it was called. It was, yep. Yeah. It's Well... I think it's a really good episode, <laughs> if I do say so myself. <laughs> um, go and listen to that. But I'll read you the question and then we'll chat about it. And we've got some really great stories, I think, surrounding this episode, which is why we decided to do this because oh, it's just so perfect. So yeah. Thank you for your email, you beautiful human. So she says, I love you both. So fun. Thank you. We love you too. Yeah. <laughs> the question is, on episode 32, when Holly mentioned her 10-year-old not putting her shoes on when getting ready for school, getting distracted and creative, etc., where do natural consequences lie in this moment, as in going to school without any shoes on? So in the episode 32, we talked about natural consequences versus imposed consequences. Mm-hmm. So obviously the question that she's asking is, well, the natural consequence seems to me to be sending your child to school with no shoes on. Is that what you're asking? Is that yeah. what you're saying? So I love this question for several reasons. Firstly, well, I love the questions. <laughs> we love receiving questions all the time. Secondly, I love it because what it does is open up a discussion for us in when you would allow a natural consequence versus imposing one. Yes. And do you have to always let the natural consequence speak or could you impose one instead? Mm-hmm. And I really like that because it depends on your situation, your circumstance, your family values, it, all of those kinds of the things. The child. The child, exactly. Mm. You could have a child that responds differently to how you interact with them than another child and so you've really got to pick your child in yeah. your moment so my child not going to like not putting their shoes on for me in the time this happened it wasn't something that was like a regular difficulty or whatever so I made the decision to impose a consequence rather than allowing the natural consequence of going to school without your shoes on speak so Mm -hmm. for me that meant oh well you're not going to put your shoes on so I'm going to take the shoes in the car And then would you like to put your shoes on in the car or would you like to hop out and put them on in the school ground? What are they going to choose? Well, obviously put them on in the car car. because the kid doesn't want to get out of the car with no shoes on. No. So that worked fine for us because, you know, there's still no issue now with the the shoes thing. Mm -hmm. And that was a decision that I decided to make around imposing a consequence. And just to be clear, the consequence was, well, if you're not, going to put your shoes on now you're going to put them on in a place that you probably don't want to Mm. that's the that's the reality of it you still left at the time that you needed to leave Mm. you didn't allow that the fact that your child wasn't ready to slow you down from leaving and I also didn't and it's not that I've never done this before because I'm not perfect (laughs) but I also didn't 
yell, nag and remind Mm -hmm. my child, well, we've got to go now and you don't have your shoes on, so come on, you know. I didn't damage the relationship by speaking poorly or shaming or anything. Mm -hmm. It's just, oh, honey, you don't have your shoes on. Well, that's really hard. No problem. I'll take care of it. So I grab the shoes, get in the car. Oh, honey. When we get to school, oh, honey, you still don't have your shoes on. Would you like me to wait here while you put them on? Or would you like to take them in and get the teacher to help you? (laughs) What's the child going to choose? But it's, you know, it's that empathetic response that we've talked about that you've got to have. Definitely. So the question is great because it opens up the discussion of when would you choose a natural or imposed depending on the situation? Now, you've got a story. I have a great story. I remember when you told me this story, it was several years ago, right? Yeah. That this happened. But one of the reasons we decided to chat about this particular email is because of your story. Yes. So I would say it was probably five years ago, maybe even more. Maybe more. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, we're in 2021. I reckon it was more than five. Oh, definitely. It was when this child was in grade prep. Right. So it was it was a significant time okay. ago. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, my maths is terrible. It was way more than Wait, five years. Aren't you an accountant? <laughs> <laughs> I keep saying accountants, just calculators. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Don't have a calculator on me right now. <laughs> um so this child had a, a bit of a pattern of not getting ready for school. And so it was a challenge that we had and we were trying different strategies to help this not be mm-hmm. a problem mm-hmm. every morning. I had spoken to the the child's teacher mm-hmm. um, and talked to them about what we were doing at home and that we were imposing natural consequences when things weren't happening. And so there might be the occasion this child could turn up in their pyjamas. Mm-hmm. And so wow. was that okay with them? What would they do? And they kind of laughed at me and and gave me a bit of a high five um, (laughs) of like, this is so great that you're letting your child learn from what they decide to do Mm. um, and letting the consequences just happen. So they were really um, supportive of Mm. me doing it. I think it's great because you are involving the teacher and and you're doing it in that way, Mm -hmm. but also what you're saying to your child is you are big and powerful enough to make decisions and those decisions are going to have consequences in the real world. Yes, not just at home. Yeah, not yeah, just at home. Point. I really love that. Yeah. So this one particular day, there'd been a couple of occasions I think where we'd put the school uniform into a bag mm-hmm. and the child had to get dressed in the car. Mm-hmm. So that had already happened a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And this particular time there weren't any shoes in the bag of uniform. Mm-hmm. And I think so, as Holly said before, she'd pop the shoes in the car. Because this was a problem, I would often put the uniform into a plastic bag at the front door and the child could choose whether they were going to put it on before we left home or whether it mm-hmm. was after, like in the car on the way or at school. And this particular morning I couldn't find their shoes. So your non-negotiable was you are going to school and yep. I like that because it it's, it's, it's like an enforceable statement. Yes. And the child is trying to get out of going to school but you're like actually in this family Mm -hmm. we go to school so I am sending you to school yep 
whether you choose to get ready or not. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, and you're not then trying to solve it for her by yelling, nagging, and reminding. Mm-hmm. Say you've got to do it. You've got to do it. No, I tried that. Didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So yeah, continue. So this particular morning, I couldn't find their shoes, mm-hmm. and. If I had to guess, it was probably because they hid them because <laughs> they didn't. They thought, oh, I can't go to school if I don't have shoes. So they were clever in hiding the shoes because they'd seen the pattern that uh, if if I don't put my uniform on, mum still sends me to school. Yes. But how about if we can't find the uniform? Yeah. Maybe I will get out of it then. Uh-huh. Didn't work though. Mm-hmm. I still t- took them. Mm-hmm. And I remember arriving at school and it w- it was actually quite difficult. I mean, obviously they were upset. They didn't really want to be at school. Um, they had put their uniform on, but there was no shoes. And they were like, well, I, I can't go to school. I haven't got <laughs> shoes. I'm like, oh, well, we go to school. Maybe you're not going to be able to go out at lunchtime and recess because mm. it's dangerous outside mm-hmm. without shoes. But you can work that out with your teacher. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, oh, I've created a big problem for the teacher. Like mm-hmm. maybe the teacher's going to miss out on lunch because mm-hmm. they have to stay inside with my child. But you'd already worded the teacher up. Right? I and had. This is something that Love and Logic would call a strategic training session, which is where you know that there's a regular problem that your child has and you are going to tackle it by um, developing a strategic training session which is essentially what this was Mm. in allowing a natural consequence to speak really loud and knowing what you're going to do and talking it out with someone to say okay here's the problem I'm having what if my child ends up going to school without shoes on what what holes do I need to fill before Mm -hmm. I do this strategic training session and we should do probably a whole episode on how to set that up which is yeah uh, really great but that's essentially what you did and yeah. I love that you involved the teacher to yeah. you know have a chat with them and say hey yeah. you know this is what I'm going to do uh-huh. knowing then for you how is that going to be for the child and then putting that into action yeah. I love it. So I kind of dropped the child off and and left pretty quickly mm-hmm. so that we didn't end up with you know screaming child <laughs> and you know it difficult to leave but the at the during the day I thought a couple of times oh I wonder what's happened Mm. I wonder if they had to stay inside at lunchtime Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day when I arrived at school to pick this child up they came running up to me so excited to show me these bright purple fluffy Mm. monster feet slippers (laughs) that they were wearing and I remember before I even thought about where did these slippers come from, I I felt like, oh, no, it didn't work. Like (laughs) I thought when a consequence got imposed that I would need the child to be sad Mm. about the consequence for them to not want to do it again. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure we had a conversation about it, but it it helped later on that Mm. day. I'm kind of jumping ahead in my story, but. These big, fluffy purple slippers, uh, I was like, oh, they look great. Where did they come from? And the teacher told me to go to Lost Property and see if I could find something and there must have been a sleepover at the school or something (laughs) and a child's left behind these big slippers and so that's what my child wore around and had to wear outside for the day. And um, and so I'm sure she would have had to field a lot of questions like why are you wearing those at school? uh Uh-huh. Definitely. Or even, hey, I remember those, they're mine. I left them at the sleepover. (laughs) That would have been funny, wouldn't it? So I remember that night putting them into bed and um, them saying to me, 
that was embarrassing having to wear those slippers. I think I might wear my shoes tomorrow. I was like, oh, that's a good idea. (laughs) What a great choice. (laughs) Yes. And so I just think it definitely didn't turn out how I would have thought it turned Mm. out. Like in my mind, if I'm planning ahead, the the steps that are going to happen, it didn't happen that way. But the child learnt we're going to school every day. Mm. You get to decide how you turn up to school, mm-hmm. but I'm actually going to take you to school. Mm. And and I think there was also a bit of a learning around resourcefulness and mm-hmm. having to figure out how mm. it was going to turn out for mm. them um, in the moment. But um, we didn't have any problems for the rest After of that, that year for them. So good. Uh, probably primary school, actually. <laughs> I think one of the biggest keys, though, with this is if you are going to let a natural consequence speak, Whilst the consequence does the teaching, it's actually the parent's empathetic response to the pain that that consequence is causing them that is actually what is the teaching moment. Because when your child gets to that moment when they realise they've got to get out of the car with no shoes on, that's the point where you go, oh, honey, I know this is so hard, isn't it? Mm. I hope you're going to go okay today with no shoes because it's, it's that space where they actually start to think about, well, what is the consequence for me? Yes. When their parent is having that empathetic moment with them rather than saying, well, you should have put your shoes on. I told you not to go to school without shoes, but you didn't listen to me. I'm the parent and I know best. <laughs> I should ask your children if they've ever heard that piece before. <laughs> Well, I mean, we've all had those moments where it's like your child's done something and you're like, oh, I told you not to play with the whatever or I told you to bring a jacket or, what." you know, we've all had those moments and probably will continue to sometimes have those moments because we're not perfect. But it's actually when a natural consequence happens, it's the empathetic response to them when they bring you the problem that is actually going to be the biggest teacher to them yeah. in this whole scenario. So, mm-hmm. you know, always remember your empathy, people. Yes. <laughs> and if you want to know more about empathy, we've recently released an episode specifically about empathy. Go and listen to that. It's a really good one. So the other example that we had actually came from my daughter who told us a story recently about a kid in her class so she's in year 11 in high school, so that's like senior. 16, 17-year-olds. Yeah, senior school, whatever you call that in America. I, I think don't know. Yeah. Sophomores, no. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All your weird words. <laughs> anyway, she's in high school in year 11, which is the second last year of high school, and she says this kid in her class came to school without shoes on, and I, I said to her, <laughs> How does that happen when you're a teenager? Like, <laughs> how can you? No, didn't didn't the child say I forgot my shoes? Yes, he, <laughs> he came into class and said to the teacher, "Oh, Mrs. Whoever, I forgot my shoes." <laughs> no, I, when she was telling me this, I'm thinking, okay, but when you walk outside, <laughs> surely you know surely you don't you know have you, shoes on. Yeah, surely you. Don't. Anyway, so we asked that question to her, and she was like, "Well, I think he normally puts everything in a bag and's kind of rushing, getting ready on the fly in the car, and it's you know tricky. puts him in, on in the car on the way." Yes, but then obviously his parent, I guess, dropped him off to yeah. school, and he hadn't picked up the shoes this day yeah. to put yeah. in the car. They just weren't in the car uh-huh. this particular day. So 
the natural consequence for him, obviously, well, he doesn't have shoes at school and I don't know what the teacher was thinking and I don't think that this... Probably the same thing as arts, how can you forget your shoes? So what ended up happening is this kid paid his brother, who is obviously older, to drive his 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 shoes to school. Yeah. And my daughter was laughing because her and the other kids were like thinking it's it's a fair deal. Yeah, he was like, that's a rip-off, that's too expensive. Yeah. And they were like, well, it sounds fair to us. Yeah, 20 bucks, you know, <laughs> to bring your shoes. But that's for this child who forgot their shoes. That's the consequence yeah. of, well, I've got to pay a financial cost to my brother to bring them to me because I need my shoes. Yeah. And I can guarantee you He'll never that he's not going to forget his shoes. <laughs> So to this uh, person who sent us the email, you are doing a great job of your child now because when he's in year 11, it's <laughs> unlikely he's going to forget his shoes. So I just wanted to continue with the email because this mum has actually included a little anecdote of what she does, some stuff that she does with her child. And I actually think it's really cute. Um, so I'll read it out. So she says, when he flat out says, no, I make up a massive story as if we're For example, if we're talking about shoes, about one foot being warm at daycare and the other foot being freezing and cold and germy at daycare and wondering why it didn't choose to put a shoe on. I create this dialogue between the two feet and the other foot at daycare come into play too. I find humour and making up stories a fun way to get them to do something that they don't want to do. And I really think that's so cute. Yeah. Because instead of focusing on the problem, which is my child's not putting their shoes on and I'm going to start at this tug of war battle with my, like a power battle with my child to, no, you've got to put your shoes on. Mm-hmm. You Actually, what this mum is doing is forcing her child to think into the future about, well, what is going to happen mm. if I don't wear my shoes and what are the consequences going to be? So I really love that she's doing that. You're actually taking the focus away from the power struggle and yep. focusing on getting the child's brain to start thinking about what's happening in the future. So I just think that's yeah, really cute. Very clever. The other thing that I would say is when it comes to any child doing anything, mm-hmm. we've talked about this before, but offering so many choices. Definitely. So do you want to put your shoes on? Do you want to, do you want to choose your It's time to go to daycare. It's time to get shoes on. Do you want to choose them or do you want me to choose them? Do you want to put your jumper on first or your shoes on first? Do you want mum to help you put your shoes on or can you do it yourself? Do you want to put them on on the couch or on the chair at the table? Do you want to put them on before we go to daycare or do you want to put them on in the car before you get out? Do you, If you don't want them to choose their shoes, you could say, do you want to wear your red shoes or your blue shoes? Yeah. Should we put it on your right foot first or your left foot first? Do you want me to help you put them on or do you want the teacher to help you put them on? Offering just lots of choices. And another good choice that I use often Mm. is do you want to choose or do you want me to choose? So if they're not actually making the choice about something, Mm. do you want to choose this choice or would you like me to choose? And if they don't choose the answer to that one very quickly saying to them okay I choose the red shoes yes do you want to put them on now or do you want to put them on in the car and move on yep. with more choices and I think you know once your child gets used to that kind of format they do get so good and quick yeah. at, at answering a lot of people would say oh it doesn't work for me or oh my child's too clever and they always choose a third option or say but oh, I wanted this one or they do choose but then they change their mind and you know blah 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 
is it okay to do that? Well, it's actually okay, whatever is okay, but if you're actually wanting to use this as a powerful tool, mm. practising it and sticking to it is going to be your best option. Yeah. I mean, you can use this on, it's not just toddlers, on any age kids, on a teenager or yeah. spouse. Yeah. Shh, at work. <laughs> <laughs> Colleagues at work. Colleagues at work. Yes. Well, tell me about that. Um, oh, I don't know that I've got a good example recently, but you could definitely say, um, like, we've got a particular project to work on. Did you mm. want to meet about that now or do you want to meet about that tomorrow? Yes. You know, that kind of it's thing. Because you're, you're, you're essentially saying, I need to meet with you about yes. this, mm-hmm. but I'm letting you choose when. Yes. <laughs> I'm free at this time and this time. Which one suits you better? That would definitely be something I do. Yeah. When I'm trying to meet with my manager and his calendar is very full, I was these are my two availabilities. Which one can you fit into? Yes, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, you might change up the language a little bit from when you're doing it with a toddler or then when you're doing it maybe with your teenagers. It yes. might be, hey, I need you home by 10 p.m. tonight from this party. Are you able to make it home yourself by that time or do you need me to come and collect you? Yeah. You know, there's options. It's, you're drawing a boundary but giving some flexibility around how that boundary is going to be. Um, followed yeah often one in our house would be the bins need emptying which Mm -hmm. is this child's um, responsibility to do did you want to do that before dinner or after dinner Mm, I love it yeah or it's like hey Beck we need to do some podcasting would you like to do Thursday evening or Saturday morning both please (laughs) (laughs) oh do you want to choose or do you want me to choose (laughs) you can choose Uh, okay I choose all the time (laughs) no we can't do that all the time if only we could yeah so uh we really love receiving emails and dms on instagram and all that sort of stuff we can't always talk about it on the podcast but we love it anyway yeah and we will reply to you either way but send us an email at i love you too much to argue at gmail or dm us on instagram at i love you too much to argue podcast or give us a call if you've got a leave us a voice message Um, yes that's a good one the um In our episode notes, there's a link to leave us a voice message. Yeah, leave us a voice message. I think it's only a 60-second slot you get, but you can leave multiple ones if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Head to your favourite podcast platform to rate, review and subscribe. Connect with us on Instagram at I Love You Too Much To Argue podcast. Find us on Facebook or email us at I love you too much to argue at gmail.com. Thanks, lovers.